2: Like Kobe in a fourth
1: quarter. This is the Daymore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome in, welcome back. The pod took a little week long sabbatical after the Timberwolves season ended, but I am back today with Britt Robson of The Athletic as we begin our postseason coverage here. We're going to record this on Wednesday morning and are going to focus today on the five series that have played two games at the time of our recording. It's Wednesday, so those are the the games that happened on Monday and Tuesday, Bucks Heat, Nuggets Blazers, Celtics Nets, Suns Lakers, and Clippers Mavs. I'm going to touch on the other three series on the next pod, but I wanted to save today's focus for the series that I've already played twice. So I'll bring Britt in here in one second, but first wanted to let you know about our new sponsor, Subtext Bookstore. I'm going to be having uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report on the pod in June here to discuss his new book, which is called Built to Lose. How the NBA's tanking era changed the league forever. Obviously, uh, before I have Jake on, I need to read his book. So I bought it at Subtext Bookstore, which is located in downtown St. Paul by Rice Park in the St. Paul Hotel. Subtext has been around for a decade and is a great place for you to pick up your copy of Built to Lose if you want to read it with me or just any book that you're looking to dig into this summer. Subtext also just launched a really clean, new, mobile-friendly website that allows you to browse for any book on your reading list just right from the comfort of your home. That's how I purchased Jake's book. It's just as easy as Amazon, and it's a good way to support local business here in Minnesota. When you shop at subtextbooks.com, you get free shipping on any order over $30 by using code DANE at checkout. That's subtextbooks.com and code DANE at checkout for free shipping on your order of at least $30. Matt reached out. He's a he's a fan of the show at, from Subtext, and it was a no-brainer for me to partner with his locally-owned bookstore. So thank you to Matt and the Subtext team, so head over to Subtext bookstore and don't forget to use code Dane for free shipping on that order of thirty dollars or more. Ah! All right, Britt Robson uh, is back on the show. He's got a new laptop. Would you say it was a season of media Zoom calls that that killed your old one, or just no, general fatigue? It, it was
2: actually. Uh The fact that when I brought my laptop into Target Center and everybody went home, when they took the Target Center, you know, like once they had the uh, frequency for people coming into Target Center, and that apparently changed when everybody left because my laptop (laughs) for the most part, you know, for me about 80% efficiency is great, which is about what it was. That dropped to like 15% efficiency once everybody left the building. Like almost like uh, the people who run Target Center said, all right, only this much juice is needed or something. (laughs) All I know is that whenever we started post-game Zooms, I was frozen out. I I just thought, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm I'm getting blackballed for insufficient technology or something. But, uh, you know, I just realized at that point I I enlisted – the tech guys at the, at the Timberwolves. And they said, um, you know, you have a, a your computer is so old that you're not on the frequency that you need. And they described it to me as like an AM versus an FM frequency on the radio. That's where they're, I was at.
1: probably trying to speak your language.
2: I, exactly. I had an AM frequency. And what that guy said was, um, that means that you can't get things really close up, but that you could probably get this frequency like a distance away. So- I don't buy any of this. I don't think
1: <laughs> I don't think any of that information's accurate. I think your computer just sucked and you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta put it down right. and Got a brand new Lenovo. Well, I
2: have a bigger one now, which I wasn't excited about, but it does have. Your other one
1: was like an envelope, though. It was very. Thick. I know, it was
2: nice. It was 13 inches. This one's 15 and a half inches or something. Mm. That extra two inches, uh, it, it's heavier, you know, but it's it's a very nice computer. You know, I mean, it's uh, I have no complaints thus far. You know, we'll, well see. I've had it for three days.
1: <laughs> well, I think we'll, we'll get through this recording without a frozen screen. We hit a couple of those during the season. when we were were recording um but today uh we're (laughs) not a not a ted talk here on on laptops we're going to talk about uh the five series that have gone two games thus far just so people kind of understand where we're at uh so we're recording here what is it it's wednesday afternoon so the the five series that have played two games are bucks heat nuggets blazers celtics nets sun Lakers suns lakers and clippers mavs uh initially i was like kind of thinking you know we'd, we'd aim at the the butler and buck the, the heat buck series but i they're all kind of interesting to me in a different way which which series yeah. has piqued your interest most where do you want to start
2: well that those might be two different questions uh you know i well, don't know if i want to start with what's interested me most because uh i think that'll be a long conversation i actually I've, we got I've time really, I've really enjoyed Lakers Suns a lot. I I actually really enjoyed both of the late games last night. Uh, The Clippers, uh, Mavs Mm -hmm. is really fun. Lakers Suns is really fun. Uh, Nets Celtics is not fun at all. Zero fun. Um, um, Bucks Heat is interesting uh, in terms of what the Bucks are doing and how Drew Holiday is living up to his uh, contract and his rep. and I actually think you know the Blazers and, and Nuggets uh, uh, is not as fascinating as I thought it would be. It, it's hmm. fairly basic to me thus far. And then uh, what was the other one?
1: Uh, uh, I should have that. Bucks Heat Nuggets Blazers Celtics Nets. Oh, Clippers Matt. No, you hit all five. Okay, That's good. five. Yeah.
2: So, so where uh, do you want to start? Let's let's, let's do Bucks uh, Heat yeah. first because. Um, I mean, obviously, that game winner in game one was very consequential. For sure. It, it, it removed a little bit, you know, obviously, it's easy to say that in 2020 hindsight. But it, it relaxed the Bucks a little bit. And then, of course, they just blew them out in game mm-hmm. two. And um, I do think that the versatility of Drew Holiday, the different ways he can cock the seams of this team... Um, his ability to get to the rim, his ability to defend a guy like Butler, or at the same time switch off onto their Heat's good perimeter shooters. I mean, aside from Gordon Dragic, I don't think the Heat have played well at all. Right. And so, uh, and I think the Bucks have something to do with that. Um, but again, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is is Drew Holiday, to be honest with you. So, I'm watching
1: the first game and and Jimmy's not shooting well at all. Nobody and, was. That was a you know, that nobody was a brutal game. But he he was the combination of not shooting well and he wasn't doing his Jimmy thing where he can kind of slow the game down and recalibrate it by getting the free throw line. Neither of those things were happening. Right. And in offensively, he he's he was costing Miami. He right. he was he was he was a negative out there. But but at the same time his his activity defensively, he was coming over timing doubles cr- you know properly it's getting in passing then he's got those kind of roco hands and ways where where he was it it felt to me i'm like well it almost doesn't matter if jimmy has a bad offensive game he's never gonna be a minus because of because of kind of what he carries and what he brings
2: absolutely he's like lebron in that way
1: but then game two happened Uh And, and now and now we're two games into this and and jimmy you know not that this is a a great barometer but they're you know minus 42 with him on the floor and plus six when he's off the floor and a big product of that is the fact that he's two of nine from three and six of 23 from two he's it is getting to the point i guess when he is such a critical part of their offense that he can't be a zero there even if he is his classic hard-working jimmy uh-huh. on the defensive end and it was interesting. I look back at their just regular season numbers, and they happen to be Jimmy played exactly half of the minutes this season that the Heat played and was out for half of the other minutes, whether that be on the bench or just That's just missing games. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it actually, it works out well. You don't need to do any sort of right. net rating thing. But during the season, they're plus 196 with Jimmy on and minus 194 with Jimmy off.
2: That was certainly the way it looked.
1: And. And so that's what you kind of expect, I think, going into this series. Right. So you, you need that. We were kind of all banking. Or anybody who thought Miami had a real puncher's chance in this was that Jimmy was going to be that impactful, plus the supporting cast was going to have to come through.
2: And also, if you remember, though, last year, um, it began in Series 1. The Heat were just mm. in locked in great from the start. Uh, right. You know... Um, they I mean they had some memorable series against some really tough teams uh I mean the Celtics, But why do
1: they fall apart Brit? Like remember the, remember I, I the finals I think
2: that it isn't necessary well the finals is a uh you know that they were just overwhelmed by but, a better team.
1: but but at the same time they had finals games right where they the played games really well right and then it goes and then it's the opposite thing where when they lose they lose by 30 and now, I know it's only two games in this series but you see that and then you just I guess I can't totally compute why the bottom, for such a well-coached team, for such an execution team, how does the bottom fall out so much that they're able to lose games by 30?
2: It's kind of bizarre to me. Well, I think some of it, and this is a theme I think I will hit on a lot in the playoffs because even more than usual, it's a make-or-miss situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that they are a team of, of shooting specialists. I mean, guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are out there simply to get buckets. And if they're not getting buckets, that puts more pressure on Bam and Jimmy uh, to do other things. And also, for the most part, they are minus on defense. So uh, putting them on the floor. Uh, I do think it's interesting, uh, you know, how they shifted... Uh, they they changed their starting lineup from the regular season to the playoffs. Right. And you're wondering the way Dragic is playing, whether or not that's inevitable again here, you know? Yeah, I mean... Because he really is somebody who's facing the floor. I mean, Bam and Jimmy are both great um, at getting to the rim, but it's always better if they are approaching a spaced out offense because that's how you draw fouls. If you, if both of them are really good at seeing the double team coming, particularly Jimmy and either passing for a dime or getting, you know, using that momentum from the double team to, to get the foul on one of those two guys. And I'm curious, uh, what is Butler from the line thus far? How many free throw attempts does he have, particularly in the second game?
1: He, he has taken 14 free throws in two games, made nine of them, 64%.
2: And what was uh, he in the second game?
1: In the second game, he was two for four.
2: There you go. If Jimmy and Butler has four free throws, yeah. that's really a problem for the Heat. It is. Uh, you know, and, and because that's so much of his game. He's, he's like an 85% free throw shooter, and he gets to the line probably 10 or 12 times a game under normal circumstances. Well, that's six points. Right. And uh, and also, by the way, it 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 if if an opponent is in foul trouble, it it affects how they play, sure. and uh, so that's an interesting dynamic. I don't think that's all of it. I do think that um, the Heat had some magic last year, and it looked like they were starting to round into some form. I mean, beating Brooklyn twice right down the last week or so of the season, or was that the Bucs? I always get confused. Somebody was beating the Bucs. I mean, that's the all the time. <laughs> I, I think, think it was, was both right. the Bucs yeah. and the Heat, <laughs> actually. But anyway, right. the Heat won some big games down the stretch and actually looked like they were playing last year's Heat basketball. Right. But in the playoffs, that hasn't happened. And some of that, I do think, is that Drew Holiday instead of Eric Bledsoe gives them size, and shooting that they didn't have before.
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly Drew, and let's let's talk about Milwaukee a little bit in a, in a second. But um, I I think when I'm watching this series, and same thing when I'm watching that the one game we've watched thus far of Atlanta New York, is I see this massive talent discrepancy between the two teams, and a theoretical coaching advantage from the less talented team. You know, Tibbs in New York and Spolstra in Miami. And the reality of the situation in the NBA is when there is a substantial talent discrepancy, that is a, that is extremely hard to overcome. And what
2: Well, that's what you've been riding, actually. You rode the Lakers on that last year, and Brooklyn is your pick this year. I, and I, you are looking at talent.
1: I, I wish, honestly, I wish it was more impactful to... To out execute teams and out coach. And that's obviously that's certainly part of it. But we're just at a point here in the league where particularly offensive talent overwhelms. Right. And and I think I think we're gonna see that in the Atlanta series. And I think we're seeing this in the Milwaukee series, where I think both of these series are gonna end up being very short. I think everyone and, and I. I, I the, the one thing I I texted you, I was like, "We're not going to talk about Tibbs and the Knicks Hawks game." But here I am bringing it up. But <laughs> I actually,
2: ahead. I, I mean, actually, I, I, I had the Hawks. Yeah, I had the Hawks in like six, and mm-hmm. I had the Bucks in six. And see, what Hawks. I think is
1: going to happen is, I think I think the Hawks might sweep the Knicks, and I think the Bucks might sweep the Heat.
2: That would be uh, interesting, and I think it's possible. I will go. I'll stay with my six on the Knicks, just because I think that Derrick Rose will win them at least a game, That's and funny. I think that uh, the Hawks are not disciplined enough not to punt a game. So mm-hmm. I think there'll be two there. I don't think there'll be any question which is the better team. Um, when it comes, I just to... think that
1: goes a long way, man. I, I like. No,
2: I, I know. I and, I, and I agree you could
1: see it quick. You could see the way do
2: we talk about the clippers in the maps? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. All right,
1: let's 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 give let's give Drew a little bit of love though. I mean Oh man.
2: I, <laughs> so much fun, isn't he? I mean
1: and and the way what that team needs a little bit is every game, like they've they've got their top three talent in Giannis, Middleton, and Drew, but all three of those guys offensively can kind of hit walls where where there's extended periods of time where where Middleton isn't feeling his mid-range jump shot and he's clanking from there. Right. Giannis is they've presented a wall and he's not able to, you know, to find his way through it. And then Drew just isn't like a he's not an otherworldly scorer. So I say that to be to mean that in every one of these games that they win, I think with Milwaukee you will you will need a player like Bryn Forbes or Bobby Portis or somebody else to give and you Bryn like Forbes 15. He's been
2: doing it all season for them. He has been a fabulous mm-hmm. bought up situational scorer for them. And I was forget, watching that don't game. Don't he's like Brooke Duncan Lopez. Robinson. Oh yeah, but
1: yeah. Brook Lopez I'm more I'm more put in that that core there. Right. Where you kind of you kind of need you need right. like all your core guys. Like Brent Forbes sucked in the first game and they won. Yeah. Like right. he he's kind of this this wild card you can you can throw in. I thought Portis played well in the first game too.
2: Portis gives them toughness. He's like he a Morris brother, an honorary Morris
1: brother. <laughs> sure, sure.
2: And and
1: he can you know he can score it a little bit too. And right. and I think he's a I was shocked I looked it up he, he shot forty seven percent from three this year. Bobby Portis. I mean probably not at,
2: at a ton of attempts, but he's I just think also he's the forward beside Giannis. Mm-hmm. You sure. know, sometimes I obviously played uh he was subbed for Giannis some too but if you're if you're on the floor with Giannis, mm-hmm. and you can hit a three odds are you're going to get some open ones exactly yeah so
1: i i just think from from holiday to to brin forbes to poppy portis all players they brought in this year like you're seeing two games into this series the impact of their off season and and what they were able to do to kind of not only bolster but round out this roster to the point where I don't think the comparison of last year even really works. Oh, they got beat by the Heat. Well, the Eric Bledsoe version of the Bucks got beat by the Heat. You know, this is a this just is. I don't know if we'll see if they're a different team. They're certainly a more talented team right now, and and I'm I'm not I'm not surprised to see them kind of start to roll over this Miami team who seems to be you know struggling to find their own identity and you know milwaukee's starting to adjust what they're doing defensively you no know, credit and, to bud
2: and by the way they need this ramp they need momentum i mean they are 100%. looking at the nets the sixers and whoever comes out of the west mm-hmm. if they're ever going to get a chip this year and you know that's a that's an absurd hell of a road you know and so i i think i think it they would be really benefited by a sweep just because it gives them the extra rest, but it also gives mm-hmm. them a little bit of that confidence. Now obviously they're gonna run into that. Can they win big games at some point in this series? Right. I mean in not in this series, but in the in these playoffs. They're gonna be tested in ways that I think the Heat so far at least have not even come close to testing them. So yeah, I mean I, I agree with you that um, it's interesting to me how many uh, basketball dudes we just sort of hang around with who like the Bucs this year. And I just never saw it. I said, you know, look, the road's too hard. Um, But I'm beginning to understand. I just always said you can't get past the Nets and, and the Sixers and just left it at that. But I should have accepted what they are, which is an extremely good team who, by the way, would probably have a better shot of emerging out of the West than they would the East, which is kind of comical. This is wild when you yeah. think about, you
1: know. <laughs> well, the West is. The let's West move. Is, let's move over there. Um okay. Pick a pick a series. I just, I don't know what the hell's going on in the West. Like, I don't know. I don't know who to pick, what to pick. Like the East, I can kind of make sense of in my head. It's you know, it's those it's those top three teams. It's Ken Mock, Milwaukee run through all three of them. Philadelphia has a cake road. To the finals, and Brooklyn's probably just going to win it because they're overwhelmingly talented. Well, than the rest. I, of I, I,
2: I think that the West, anyway, I, it's certainly more interesting uh, in that respect. But I also think it's been so much more fun than the East games. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, you know um, but let's, let's do Lakers
1: Suns. Let's do Lakers Suns.
2: Okay, that's the big one in my view. I mean. Mm-hmm uh well i mean dallas has made the other one very interesting but let's the lakers Suns is interesting because holy shit the Suns <laughs> look really good i mean the Suns are playing with so much poise aiden aiden has never played better cameron payne My playing God. out of his mind last night you know chris paul was hurt and they almost beat the lakers you know uh twice it- yeah
1: I think we, we, we talked about this earlier in the the year where when I was watching Phoenix, what always stood out to me, just regular season games, random Wednesday night, right, is Chris Paul always being intentional about fine-tuning DeAndre Ayton, fine-tuning right. DeAndre Ayton. And I think, smartly so, he realized that like if we're going to come out of this West here, like, we not only are going to need Book to be – hitting on all cylinders. He's going to need to be hitting on all cylinders, but you need a third guy. Right. You're going to need a third guy who's going to need to be at least that low-level star level, right? Right. Like, bam. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and in game one, you know, Aiton was that, and, and he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't a far cry from that in, in game two either. He was so. very
2: solid. I, he, he's been great. He and, and
1: They need and him think, on the boards.
2: And Chris Paul is... Um, you know me, I had him in the top three of the MVP conversation the entire season and I love the guy but I wasn't giving Monty Williams enough love. I thought Tibbs should have been Coach of the year uh, and <clears throat> I would have even you know put Monty Williams in a basket with like three or four other guys you know not that he couldn't have been second to Tibbs, but he, he could have been as low as fifth to me.
1: Um, you know who I he- give him a lot of credit for is Cameron Payne.
2: Yeah, well, just I think the entire team. First of all, that half-court offense when they were trying uh, to play around Chris Paul's injury, yeah. and that that handoff to on the curl to uh, Booker Booker, and having a guy a three-point shooter usually Cam in the corner or somebody, mm-hmm. and then Miles Bridges or somebody flashing to the middle if the, they double Booker on that curl. Right, they could the Lakers, who were a great defensive team, could not stop that.
1: Well, because they can't because contain, the, they contain the ball. couldn't contain the ball. Yeah. Well, that, that's that been the thing. is, I mean, ball containment is – you can often do it by overwhelming the ball handler with size. Right. And that's that's kind of been the Lakers' MO all years. They go up and down. Whoever, whoever's initiating the offense, the Lakers' defender is going to be bigger than them. Right. And so you have that ball containment plus size all over the place. You're active. You're in the passing lanes. They – they were bigger, and that's why they're better defensively than you know than most teams. What you're seeing now in this series is that the Lakers don't just need to play passing lanes; they need to scramble, they need to x out, they need to do all those sort of things, and and that's something that a team like Phoenix has had more experience doing over the course of this year because they've had personnel that's required that you know all season, and
2: and their bigs are moving.
1: And their bigs are moving, and and the Lakers. It's why it's like to me. It's like, no duh. Once they put AD at center, it was curtains at the end of that game. It's like I don't get. I don't get what the hell they're doing. And I know I don't AD either. wants I have to. No
2: idea.
1: He wants to says he can't take the banging of all of it or whatever. But it's like, this is a wrap. <laughs> like you don't need you don't need if you just go Bron because that's AD. That's when the
2: quickness suddenly happens. You cannot. Yeah. I mean, At the very least. If you're gonna have a big lug on the court, make it Marc Gasol. Don't make it mm-hmm. Andre Drummond. I mean, Andre Drummond. Will he get played you better it.
1: in game two, but but yeah, he, it's he, just he it's had a, a different. Ton of putbacks.
2: Yeah. I give him mm-hmm. that. The guy's hands are terrible. Oh, um, he's
1: bad. He's just bad. Like,
2: and, and not only that, but he prevents AD and LeBron from getting into the paint.
1: It, yeah, it, it's. If it hadn't
2: I, been for the Jay Crowder early fouls. uh You know, it would have definitely made a big difference there. And I I don't know. I mean, they're just obsessed. Like, it. I
1: I think you just look at the series on paper and you go, "What's Phoenix's weak point?" Oh, it's the power four position. We can just we can find a way to punish that. No matter if they go Crowder there, Johnson there, even Kaminsky there, whatever, we will just bludgeon that by sliding AD down to the four and doing that. And and if I'm Phoenix, I'm like, yes, please. You know, try and right. do that. We're gonna just have Crowder go chest to chest with him and force AD into trying playing like Kevin Durant, like because right. AD will bite. He will, that's and he'll. Right. That's right. He'll he'll try and shoot up over him, and yeah, you know, he will.
2: Patrick Ewing it, you have no doubt about it.
1: <laughs> right, that's a good example. Yeah, and and I just think it's like if the Lakers even extend this series longer or lose it somehow. It's going to be because they were obsessed with trying to puncture that weak spot in the Suns at the power four position that I just, I'm not saying it's not a weak spot. It's it's the weakest spot right. in, in the Suns lineup, but it, it requires the Lakers to go away from their best lineup, which is AD at the five.
2: But you know what it might be? I mean, because I agree with you, there hasn't been mm-hmm. anything you've said about this. And I think you've hit upon one of the things that is most perplexing is why you play a bunch of, you know, big lugs against the, the Suns. Um, and I have a lot of respect for Frank Vogel's intellect. So I oh, don't, yeah, for sure. I, th- I he must understand something. And I think, quite frankly, either LeBron can't take the pounding or he wants to spare LeBron the pounding this early in what's going to be a long road because if, but it seems like it's a D like
1: how does it impact the pounding?
2: If you put AD at the five, then LeBron has to slide down to the four. And I think that's good. That means LeBron gets mm -hmm. in the paint more and I think he's better there, but I also think that that gets to be, you think he's
1: better there offensively or defensively?
2: Uh, offensively in terms of what he can do if he if the put it this way i think open lanes are good for both lebron and ad and i think that's why having gasol is better than drummond and i think that's why having ad and without either one of them is best see
1: Uh, i i think i think lebron doesn't want to attack right now because of his ankle
2: yeah and and what i think is that um if that's the case then that's you, you've you answered the question as to why they have a big dude who yeah. doesn't help them because that puts LeBron at the three, which means that, you know, he can be guarded by Cam Johnson half the time. I mean,
1: right.
2: LeBron doesn't enjoy that. I imagine, you know I mean? Having Cam Johnson on you when you're still trying to work yourself back into, you know, that whole mindset. Um,
1: well, Johnson and Britches.
2: I know, but, but, yeah. Bridges oftentimes, I mean, put it this way, uh, you notice when Cam Johnson is on LeBron, that's when you go, oh, okay. You know, when Bridges is on him, uh, I just feel like um, the Lakers are not as intentional about isolating LeBron yeah. on Bridges as they
1: are. Okay, but, I thought you were going the other way on that for some reason, but no, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so it, it is one of those things that it, the, the, the Lakers are playing bully ball, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad strategy. It's just that they can be smaller and still play bully ball.
1: Right. As they did at the end of the game. What exactly. did they do at the end of the game? They went with AD at the five, and then Bron, what did he do? He backed down into the post the whole time. Exactly. I just think – this is the the sound like the stupid thing where you compare yourself to a professional athlete, but I busted my ankles a million different times in my life. And I know the best way to re-roll it is, is when you jump up and you land on somebody else's foot, like at all, like if your ankle's completely fresh and fine, like you can land on feet and it's not going like, you're not going to, you know, roll it unless you land completely wrong. But if you, if your ankle is at all weak and, and you land on anybody's foot, like at all, it's, you're out for you're out for at least a few more weeks. So I think I think LeBron is calculating that into the way he's playing. People are like, oh, he doesn't. LeBron can't go by anybody right now. He's not trying to explode to the rim, and I don't think can't, it's that.
2: does not really. I mean,
1: yeah, and, and maybe it is Like I, obviously, this is clearly just a theory, but but he's going to. LeBron can play this super conservative style of offense where he's taking step backs, he's taking fadeaways, or or like the next step in is a little bit more is just trying to play bully ball in the post. Like those are all situations that are far less likely to roll your ankle. If right. he starts having to take somebody off the dribble, you know, s- slice through two guys, go up and lay up or dunk on someone, you got to come down and your body's not under the same amount of control. And so, I think that he's saving that. I don't think it's that he can't do it. I think he's, he's saving it.
2: Well, I mean, I think it, what ratifies that theory to some extent is how many times did we see AD get put in a sandwich last night? Mm -hmm. And how many times does LeBron get put in a sandwich? Uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, LeBron is avoiding, is avoiding being the sandwich, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and AD, he got some whistles out of it, but he also got crunched a few times. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and and to the son's credit, they know that they have to do that as well. I think it's very revealing that Frank Kaminsky is not seeing <laughs> zero, not seeing any time in this because that's like lightning through butter. I mean, you know, there Kaminsky will offer no resistance. I mean, they they threw uh, they threw Sarich out there because he's a body, you know, you mm-hmm. know, in a, in a way work. that and Tori Craig. I mean, Sarich was terrible, and he was still. Perhaps preferable in some ways. To well, play. he at least
1: counters that size that the Lakers exactly. are are obsessed with, especially
2: players, but... when Drummond is on the floor. You know, and yeah. So, and you. I think they're just going to go Crowder
1: Aves and Johnson.
2: Files, yeah. If if Crowder doesn't get those files. Now, on the other hand, let's face it: if Anthony Davis is engaged like he was in Game Two versus Game One, then big advantage Lakers. And if Chris Paul can't play with his mm-hmm. right arm. Which was very apparent. Very you can't apparent. I mean, it's the last triple the last six quarters. I mean, listening to Reggie Miller say, Oh, you know what I mean? Like a revelation that Chris Paul suddenly is compromised, like in the second quarter of the <laughs> game the other night. I think about didn't you see game one? Well, he didn't actually he didn't call that game. And so he probably didn't see game one. Um it's an issue. But game Game two, he had a quarter and a half to figure out the Chris Paul. Played like his right hand was asleep the entire time. Why well, I, I like think it might no, have been he had no feeling in his his right hand, and so and also no crossover dribbles, no pull up jumpers. I mean, the guy, all the things that are like Chris Paul, right? He couldn't do, which is why Devin Booker and Cameron Payne was so much fun last night. Oh man. Cameron Payne was like, "All right, I got double-teed and tossed the last time. I got nothing to lose, man. You motherfuckers!" Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was definitely coming for people last night and jawing all the way. He looked like he had a black eye under his right eye. I you will.
1: Know? Maybe it was from the fight in the
2: <laughs> previous game. Maybe I it just was hope. Mantras, like, Harold Cross body block. somebody been. who sat on the bench <laughs> the whole man. game. Uh,
1: I just hope, man, that CP can play in the series. I know. Like, because if, it's he can, gonna... it's it's... if he can, well, just, sure him... it's over. And if he can, I just for him,
2: I had the Lakers in five or six. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, the Suns are, and I, I didn't want, you know, sometimes the tendency, if you're egotistical like I am, you ride your pick, you mm-hmm. root for your pick. Yeah, you know? right. It doesn't matter whether you like that team, you want to be <laughs> smart, you know? I am so rooting for the Suns in this series because they're yeah. cool. They're, I've enjoyed them all season. I thought they'd get their ass handed to them, and thus far they have not. You know, it's been a really fun series.
1: So it's interesting looking at the the Vegas odds, and they had before Game Two it was 50-50, like betting odds, even money on on either team. But
2: the Lakers were two point favorites or something, I think.
1: Yeah, but for the series, for the series, okay. it was oh, yeah, right. Um, you know, it was like minus 110, minus 110 for to to win the series, and now. It shifted big time in the Lakers in the Lakers' advantage up to Lakers minus three fifteen, which is like a seventy-six percent chance of winning accurate. the series. You know?
2: Because Chris it just, Paul it feels like a big jump. But that's because Chris Paul was
1: And people, I guess the Lakers people, took home court.
2: And people didn't really... Yeah, but I don't know how much that'll matter, to be honest with you. I Not actually sure. think that part of it is that Chris Paul people didn't know whether or not he just had a stinger or he had something that was going to go away with a day's right. rest. It obviously isn't going away. And Chris Paul, I mean, the guy doesn't have a ring. Uh, he's desperate. He's on his last legs in terms of, he's got maybe two or three prime seasons and that's given him a ton of credit. Yeah. Um, this is kind of you know, he's in the twilight phase. And so if at all possible, he's going to be on the court. And he was not on the court for – the only reason he came in in the second half was to give campaign some rest, you know. It wasn't to provide a spark. Basically, he couldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, and if that holds, if that injury will dog him for the next week and a half –
1: Yeah, it's over. Then
2: they have no shot. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just – I mean, coming off the Houston thing and the hamstring a few years ago and that, I've always – ICP. It's just a, it's just a bummer. Um. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll uh, let's move to Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets Blazers next. Okay. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. There is something interfering with your happiness and preventing you from achieving your goals. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be local available in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would during traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants to help you start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com more, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for all you listeners, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash more. Look, no one's perfect. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com more and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com more now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash more. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right, Britt. um, Nuggets, Blazers, Jokic versus Damian Lillard. That second game was insane on a a ton of levels. uh, Just from Lillard having 30 in the first half. And he made eight eight threes, and they still weren't even close, man. They weren't even close in the game, and and the and the Nuggets were just were just rolling him and rolling them, and it's. I just I go back to this all the time with the Blazers. You can't defend. You can't defend, and I do just. And I'm not even like we could go into X's and O's of it, but this is the feeling I have when I watch the Blazers all the time. It's a team I watch a lot. West Coast, whatever. They have these explosive games from often from Dame, sometimes from frequently Heat. from CJ, right. and sometimes even from Nurkic. And, and it happens, and and you go, I know what this feels like, I know what this looks like. And when it happens on other games, on other teams, their team takes a lead and, and put puts the game out of reach. What happens with the Blazers far too often is Dame goes off and it, at back. best, it, yeah, it, it at best puts a dent in the deficit, or they make up five points here and there. They just, they can't defend. They can't defend at a high level. And, and it's ultimately, I don't know. I mean, if they're going to, who knows? The series is like 50 50 right now, but it's just, it's just disappointing as somebody who would like to see Dame advance. Like, I like Rocco. I, I like, I like Terry actually. And, and I watch his team and I'm like, God damn. You guys fall behind, and and you can't make up the difference, even with one of the best, if not the best, comeback guy in Damian Lillard. It's it's nuts.
2: Well, and I also don't forget about Simons in game one. I mean, I thought he was uh, really important. Mm -hmm. It, It usually... I don't believe in, is, as good as John Schumann of NBA.com is at identifying a stat, like one stat that mm-hmm. decides everything. Usually I am not a fan of uh, this stat determines things. Right. But the, the, the frequently quote quoted stat in game one, which was that one out of 10 on people that Jokic set up versus like seven out of nine or whatever, it was some ridiculous disparity. Mm-hmm. Between, all right, you're, you're uh, you know, dishing the ball for Jokic uh, and they're not going in. Dame dishes the ball and they all go in. Well, Jokic had one assist. Um, let Jokic get his points but seal off his competition, whatever. Right, that
1: was the narrative.
2: Yeah, that was the narrative. Um, and to Stotts's credit, in the first half of Game 2, even the single coverage on Jokic, he was making some really absurd. I mean, it's so weird to see Nurkic and Jokic 16 feet away from the hoop playing like playground shit. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, Jokic crossing over, you know, and throwing up a, a kind of a half jumper dribble and Nurkic Dude. like sliding over laterally and trying to block the shot and playing actually pretty good defense and the ball going in, you're going, oh.
1: You know? I mean, Jokic Jokic's shot, I feel like this year has been brushed over how much how much it's improved. I mean, yeah. it was like if you look at previous seasons, he was you know, is the whole thing is like, why isn't Bede shooting all these threes? He's a thirty percent three point shooter. Right. Well, Jokic right. was like thirty two, exactly. you know, and it was and it was the same thing, it was the same right. volume. What well, we've seen from Jokic this year is he's now a forty percent three point shooter, over forty percent, right. and the mid range is lethal. Right. And and he'll take it. If you give him, if you give him anything, so Nurkic has to fight for it there. And if right. you got the big pressed up on you, and and Jokic can find cutters around that, you know, it's it, it's made him a three level scorer. He's always been a three level playmaker. Right. But but that that's the game changer, and it is crazy. And right? I'm pulling up the stats from the series this far. I mean, so Jokic had the one assist in the first game, but he only had five in the second game. You know, and so he's got six for the series. It's like Compazzo has eleven, Monte Morris has twelve. Paul Millsap has more assists than Nikola Jokic to this series right. thus far. Right. It's like, man, you know, and
2: that's the way Portland wants to play it, right? And actually, you know, if you have Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. instead of mm-hmm. you know Murray as your you know two other options there. It makes some sense. Um, the problem is as you point out, what is his shooting percentage of the of the series as far then? So it's I bet it's over over sixty-five.
1: Uh yeah, he's 5 of eleven from 3, 46 percent, and twenty-nine of forty seven overall. So sixty two percent overall. Yeah. With, so a true with,
2: shooting percentage of like seventy three or something. Yeah. Oh no, he's yeah. been
1: he's been insane. <laughs> I mean they, they can't
2: they can't take Jokic away. At the same time, I don't disagree with the strategy, and I wouldn't even deviate from it to be honest with you. Because yeah, I'm a good if spirit. he gets like twelve assists, you know what that's going to be. That's going to be but, all yeah, these guys.
1: That the problem I mean, is they can't defend the other guys either.
2: Right. The
1: how what where did the game go wrong in game two? The second unit when Jokic was out, right? They have Porter Jr. out there with Millsap and and Green and, and all those still dudes. Fun. Right. Right. And they killed them. They, right. they killed them in, in that amount of time. And that's because...
2: Well, guess like, Cantor has not covered himself in glory, you know. All of them. And it just doesn't, like, it just
1: doesn't... They have individually good personnel. I mean, Rocco's hands are still as good as... Not as good as anybody's. They are the best in, right. in, in the league. And Powell, you know, Powell's a solid defender. It doesn't synergize well. And teams score, you know, score easily on this team. I mean, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, in... With Jokic on the floor in this series, they've been outscored. They're minus one, and Interesting. yeah, and but, when you but
2: part of that was Game One, where they part did of that was Game One. But I can I mean you know Michael Porter Jr. was one for ten. That was the strangest stat line. In game yeah, one, I know. he was one for ten and ten for ten or something like 10, that. Ten for
1: eleven, I think. For, ten uh, for that, eleven, yeah, from two, which you wouldn't expect. Um, and he looked good going to the hoop. He did. I mean Porter talk about talent i mean he's he's talent but lacks so can't defend can't defend well that was that was the problem and that's
2: why Rocco actually is is you know not being able to have somebody who could just kill somebody although you know i don't know it's uh that that whole series to me to be honest with you i was really looking forward to this uh blazers nuggets series cuz i thought it would have the the juice that like Suns Lakers has now, mm-hmm. and aside from Jokic and Dame, who are the secondary characters that are really you know like oh. emerging as guys? That, hey, you know, I mean, this is you know really something. Yeah, maybe CJ. there are some. Well, CJ actually had a pretty good game one, I thought, and he. But again, CJ, CJ isn't. Stepping up Simon's in game one, actually, I, I thought, you know, might be, here we go. This is, you know, right. another thing. Um, Paul needs to, you know, that Derry Trent Jr. for Paul trade. Um, you know, I thought that was going to be a fascinating uh, exchange as to how that would change the Blazers. And well,
1: uh, I mean, Powell could I, I he was underwhelming in in that last game. Yeah, wow. This is his final stat line. Fifteen points, no boards, no assists, no
2: steals. Wow. And yeah. that's a guy who, who is thrives when he does fill the stat sheet. And and what I, I say that to be
1: like no boards. he could have it. He could have a, could that's have a ridiculous. big ridiculous. No boards. Nothing. What was the
2: what was the rebounding in game two?
1: Game two overall it was Blazers forty. Um uh, Nuggets, 35. So they actually won on the boards.
2: Interesting. So but, it must have, must have been I, Nurkic.
1: Well, Nurkic, yeah, Nurkic had 13, but he only had seven points in the game, and he fouled out. He made yeah. two buckets. So, I mean, they're getting dominated in the Jokic-Nurkic matchup there, which was, you know, to be expected some. But I really thought the difference was that – okay, so you look at the starting lineups, right, and you go, oh, my God, Rivers and Compazzo, right. like – Versus Dame and CJ, and you know, there's just. But Compozo is underrated. Yeah, for sure, but like Rivers dude, is not. Those don't. Those guys don't look like playoff starters on a team you would expect to win a series. Compozo right. looks like a bench, a bench piece, and and he, you know, he probably a great whatever. bench piece. Yeah, and they're and they're forced into this. So I think you you look at this and you go, okay, the Blazers have the advantage there, but what what I think is played out or will continue to play out is is that Nuggets. Second unit, I think, will beat up the Blazers' second unit. And, you know, and maybe they'll have to start playing Dame and CJ more, but it's working. Like, Jamichael Green can play. Monte Morris can play. Millsap played really well in that last game. Right. They're finding a way. Like, Shaq Harrison is even like, just throw him on Dame when Dame is going off and just irritate right. the hell out of him. Like, there's. I think. I think this Denver group is like very much you know, knows who they are. So in the even if the Dame and Jokic battle, if we wanna distill it down to that is a push, I'm taking the rest of the nuggets in a weird way over over the Blazers, even though, you know, it might look like
2: Well, I mean, what you could argue, let's let's put it, you know, facts on the ground are that Portland has seized the home court advantage. Sure. Uh Portland does is one of those rare places that does have a home court advantage. I don't know what their capacity is right now, or whether they're going to allow fans in, but if mm-hmm. they allow a lot of fans in, they will have a home court advantage. Sure. And they also, I mean, that was an Epic series two years ago. Uh, so they have that history.
1: Um, the quadruple overtime where Jokic played 61 <laughs> minutes in a game. <laughs> Talk about that game.
2: <laughs> well, just that whole series,
1: uh, no, but, was you, great.
2: Know, you know, I mean, that had to be a memorable time for the Nuggets there. Uh, not to mention the blazers, of course. But again, um, it does come down to can you execute on defense enough? Do they have enough? Mm-hmm. Um and what I will say is I know you badmouth Portland and with all kinds of justification. I mean, Portland's are, defense. Portland's defense. 20, yeah, they are 29th. Or whatever, it finished yeah. 29th. Once we get to the Clippers and Mavs, I will tell you that compared to what the Clippers are doing, Portland mm-hmm. looks pretty solid on defense. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and so I don't want to badmouth Portland too much. They still have Dame and CJ. I still think probably the Nuggets win the series, but that game one win and the way they won that game, mm-hmm. I mean, Jokic has to continue to be phenomenal. Which is probably a you know a good bet. But if he So Vegas
1: has Portland winning the series.
2: I know that was a little confusing to me. Rose I still has
1: him like that now.
2: And and I will tell you, um, that's precisely one of the reasons of my respect for Vegas. Vegas telling me what I should have known over and no. over again has 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 given me pause on some of the stuff. I think on paper. That and actually even what we've seen the first two games, let's face it, if Denver hits its outside shots, game one is a lot different, you know, than it was. Um, I still think Denver should be the favorite in this, but I'm not as ready to throw in, you know, I'm pretty convinced that the Lakers are gonna win and I know that the Bucks are gonna win the last two series we talked about. I'm less assured of a Nuggets victory in this series thus far. And it isn't just because of Vegas, it's because Dame is something, and I also think that the way they're defending Jokic is requiring uh, Jokic to beat them in ways Mm -hmm. that he, frankly, I don't think likes as much.
1: Not his preference. Yeah. I I think, I kind of hate when people do this, but there is this idea in the series of to which of these two teams is it more detrimental if they lose in the first round? It's uh-huh. a no-brainer. Definitely Portland. be Portland. Right. Yeah, like Denver. Yeah, Portland. They lost. Murray, down, Murray, yeah, Murray's gone. Right, right. And and you know, it sh- certainly does not look like Jokic has embraced that philosophy at all from the moment right. Murray right. went down, and certainly through these you know these first few games. But you know, neither is Dame. You know, Dame. Right. Dame is not going out in the first round. Is is what right. it feels like as well. So right. I just. For both of them, I think it's about what's the support. What does the support end up being? Um, can you scramble? Can you execute defensively, Portland? Can can Powell give you things while Rocco simultaneously gives you things? And then for Denver, you know, can you punish them on down the line? Right, like as you as you get further down there, Millsap killed in you know in the second game. And
2: Monte Morris had a really good series so far. I, think.
1: I it doesn't he. Do you see him passing up threes? I thought that was bizarre. but
2: He likes to get to the rim, right? He does. But for some reason. I looked it up. I mean, more so 38% he, the
1: last two years from deep. Yeah, I know.
2: I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that was weird. part of it uh, might be that uh, that is an mm-hmm. element of, you know, how many guys in the backcourt can get to the rim? I mean, you know, obviously Gordon is better that way. But Rocco isn't better that way. Uh, I mean, uh, Wings and then Campazo I think, doesn't, you know, he's a sneaky guy, but he's better in transition. He's better on the outside. Right. Um, so, again, you know, me may be kind of fulfilling a need or something. You know, That's true. Put, put in pressure. Jermichael Green actually is disappointed. I don't think he's had a good series at all thus far.
1: Well, his role has kind of shifted overall for them. Since Porter took on a bigger role. Right. There was a little more of a, a split there. I I think
2: he's a good player. Um I, I think he's I it would not surprise me to see Jamichael Green have a breakout game in the next two, sometime either game three or four, where he gets his usual like seventeen and seven or something, you
1: know. Or or get in a fight. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well.
1: Um all right, let's uh let's move over to clips mavs. I I don't know about you, but I was much more locked on Lakers Suns with those games stupidly being um, yeah I actually up against I saw it this other. morning on DVD. oh you, you watched it you did yeah. okay
2: and also I, I I watched the whole thing I I think it's been a great series mm-hmm. uh I, I mean that's not true I think it's been a uh, <laughs> what I mean is I think it's been an extremely consequential series for sure I, th- I think that Luca um you know how much I have detested is not too strong a word lucas ref baiting and just acting like a flaming asshole know, it might be part of my get off my lawn uh age or something but uh the guy has grown up i mean it is really fun to see uh you know how that is uh, okay the but... <laughs>
1: They won both of the games. Just just because he looks like an adult. But they won both of
2: the games because
1: I'm not willing to say it I think Lucas be great. I think Lucas is great, but I'm not willing to say his ref baiting and his his whining and all that stuff is done. And
2: both games Yeah. But Britt we just saw seventy
1: two games where he complained every single game.
2: I think it's very akin to cat in terms of when Lucas starts to go off, he loses a little bit of focus. Lucas turned, uh, Luca turned his attention toward the Clippers, who have a bunch of red asses themselves, you know, <laughs> on the other side. So, I mean, the, you know, Pat Bev may have been the best thing that ever happened to Luca's a treatment toward the refs because he's got other, other, yeah. other people to deal with, you know. Other people to yell at. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, when you have Kawhi on you and then you wind up guarding Kawhi a fair bit on the other end. Mm-hmm. That's a litmus test that people are gonna watch. Luca is ready. I mean, he got crowned one of the top five guys in the NBA at the end of the last playoffs, and then kind of buried that ranking through most of the regular season. Part of it was because he did play distractedly, in my opinion, and was got you know he got taken out of some games that he shouldn't have gotten taken out of in terms of either being bodied or either being sure defended in a way that wasn't good for him. He is accepting all challenges. His shot selection has been superb. He was hitting fadeaways over Kawhi. He was crossover dribbling through Pat Bev and, you know, uh, Zubac and banking things in. And he was also passing, first of all, First of all, it's like five, <laughs> five minutes into this. 18th five minutes of all, eighteenth yeah. of all, uh, Tim Hardaway has been so valuable for them. Uh, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait! Hold on, hold on. My okay. turn. Before we get to Tim okay. Hardaway, they, they, I mean, this is not a unique thought. First of all, okay, this is not a unique thought. But they have they have, the Clippers have nothing for Luka Doncic in terms of of a defensive Kawhi Leonard,
2: Paul no, George. No,
1: but Britt, they're gonna set a screen every time. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. If if like Kawhi could guard, so you don't
2: think a team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George should be able to figure out how to handle pick and roll defense? Though, I mean, that's the thing.
1: Well, who's going to set the screen? Yeah, don't bring Paul George's guy up to set the screen so you can switch it. But if you're bringing up Zubots, then that's my that's my whole point here. Well, I'm Is they're just going about
2: Clippers defense?
1: I'm talking about the Clippers defense. So okay. they're going to bring. So you're going to. Bring up Port, if if Zubats is on Porzingis, you're going to bring Porzingis right. up to set the screen, and now and now you have Luca and Zubots. That's you know that's game over, right? And even if they want to go with Morris, which they did, who who is a little bit better there. Morris fouls out of the game. They right. don't have anybody. You don't not you, but I don't think people understand how big Luca is. He's six eight and and thick. So I agree. so he is going to. So if you bring that switch up, if you bring up Pat Bev, he's going to walk him to the rim. He's just going to bring him down there. Or, as he's shown now for two seasons in a row, if it's Paul George or Kawhi, he can find ways to to go through them too. But the whole point is, is they're going to bring up the screen and force it to be somebody other than Kawhi or PG on Luka after the screen is set. And what the hell were the Clippers thinking when they're putting their team together? You need it. Like, I like Zubats as a player. Morris had a great year. He shot like 48% from three. This team, whether well, it's against Luca, I
2: mean, they did bring in Ibaka.
1: They did bring in Ibaka, who, you know... I don't want to say he's... Wa- might have been washed. whatever. They they don't have anybody right now to be but able to handle. They play
2: better defense with Zubats. And I actually really like him a lot.
1: But um, not in this matchup.
2: Well, I think part of it, again... Is dude, he
1: killed Zubats last night. He Lube killed them, special,
2: but that I think yeah. that's that's uh,
1: I think you just like
2: Zubats. I do, <laughs> but I also think that I contend Paul George does get erased on screens a fair bit, Kawhi doesn't, you know. I, I, I actually think that there are, even if um. It's Porzingis mm. setting the screen. Um By all means, give Porzingis fifteen shots at the rim and just you know trapping. Show
1: two to the ball. Yeah, the
2: guy has that has been killing. um Well, actually, in the game one of all people, it was Finney Smith who was just oh man, he's so much fun to watch. A guy who has turned himself. A defensive specialist who has turned himself into a two-way player is always one of my favorite guys. Right. And he's definitely one of those guys. But in game two, Hardaway just killed him. and Dude, that, that last
1: did... three, that last three, what yeah. the hell was Paul George doing?
2: Well, again, if we're going to turn our attention to the Clippers, what I will say is uh, that is a diseased team. That is a team that has toxic chemistry. Uh Kawhi Leonard, stoic leadership may work on some teams. It does not work on this team, and I think that back in the day when they had Trez Harrell and Lou Williams coming off the bench and Pat mm-hmm. Bev being their, you know, uh, beacon of you know their frontispiece, their guy, yeah. uh, uh, they had an identity. This team now has an identity of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, that is not doing it. Those two guys are providing lousy leadership because it's been two different coaches now, two very different coaches. Tai Lu and and Doc Rivers are very different coaches, um, and they don't play defense. They don't play defense. Um, Playoff defense, yeah. There's there's nothing. Well, it's the it's the scramble not part taking of it. Anything away.
1: It's the synergy and scramble because when you do have a talent like Luca. What, what you could do, and what you probably will see them do, is walk, you bring two to the ball. Yeah, or you bring, find a way to bring two to the ball, which right. is going to require scrambling and synergy on that. It's something the Suns are very good at, right? Like, right, right. We, we've seen that, and it's because that team is very connected, has elite leadership at the coaching level, at right. the Chris Paul level, the everybody-bought-in level. Like, the the Clippers have good – when they're playing, like, a solid NBA team, they've got the defensive personnel to just, like – Yo, we'll just guard you like straight up. Right. You're not going to beat us. But once you elevate to a star level of Luca, or, you know, same thing last year when it was Jokic or what would happen if they ever played the Lakers is you can't just guard these dudes straight up with, with that, like with the, I'm going to stop you mentality. You need to group. You need to stop them with, we are going to stop you mentality, which is by bringing two to the ball and then scrambling. And then scrambling off of that, communicating. Like, I, I I would love to sit by the floor, like in our seats at Target Center, and listen to the Clippers talk right. on, on defense. And compare it to – and then have the Suns come in the next night and, mm-hmm. and compare it to that. Because that, like – that's what it is in the NBA today. Like, people are like, oh, man, Kawhi's the claw. He's on the ball and he can get steals and stuff. That's great. Steals go a long way and, and sometimes – That's really impactful in the aggregate. The best defense in the modern NBA is one that slows you, not necessarily stops you. And the Clippers don't do that in the playoffs.
2: And I mean, I I would argue to some extent they also, they have slipped in on ball defense. Kawhi has slipped. I mean, Kawhi is actually may even be better as a, a, uh, a hunter of uh, blocks and closeouts. Now, um, but what I will say is I think it goes way beyond X's and O's all mm-hmm. season long. And even the first season, Kawhi was there. This team just drops out for like five minutes at a time. That's in weird. games. I mean, where all of a sudden the opponent goes on like a 14 to three run uh, for no reason. Totally. I mean, and, and it happens chronically. And one would have hoped that the, you know, elevated atmosphere of the playoffs would change that. Mm-hmm. Um, the cliche about whoever wants to play defense first will win this game. Absolutely applied last night. I just got through <laughs> watching it, you know, and like Dallas decided to play defense toward the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter and made a run. And And that 12 point cushion lasted through most of the rest of the game because both sides continued again to score all the time. Dallas stopped the Clippers for a short period of time because the Clippers went into one of one of their weird funks and the Clippers never played defense from minute 1 to minute 48 in a manner that was going to ever slow down the Mavericks and it's just bizarre to me that you've given this team you know that is a frisky team and is extremely well coached by Carlisle goes without saying but they were not world beaters coming in. I had the Clippers winning this series going in, and I had them winning it like five or six because I actually thought that some of the Clippers' uh, attitude issues and leadership issues would disappear. Um, and, and if anything, they're more exposed. But um, we were
1: probably sleeping on the idea that...
2: Luca could all- be Superman again.
1: That, yeah, well, that Luca could be that again, and maybe even slightly more, right? Because you now he's a year older, and and I think we didn't really, I think we kind of viewed that as, well, he could do that again, and they still lost last year, right? But there was no Porzingis, you know. Hardaway is a whole another level of player so, now.
2: He's in a contract year, and you know, I, I know that's always a cliche too. Yeah. But man, what a time to have the season he's had, right? He's and, just Brunson. and Brunson, I and mean, Brunson you know, like, has just gotten better. Yeah, but although Brunson has kind of been uh, missing in action, hasn't been needed. I guess is a better way to put it. You well,
1: know? you watch that game more yeah. astutely than I did. I was flipping back and forth and re- and watched the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, but I didn't, no,
2: it's not that he's been bad. It's just that um,
1: he yeah, if, if
2: I was naming top four stars, yeah. you know, Brunson wouldn't be in that list. I'm just saying. I think we
1: underestimated. We underestimated some internal development right. from Dallas this year, and I even did a, a week ago. You know, was, right. I, I was with you. I would have well, said. I, I, I would have said you know six games or whatever for the Clippers, but at the same time, you know, in hindsight, I don't. I just this isn't this isn't necessarily surprising for me. And quite frankly, just as like, I don't know, a team building purist. I'm like hell yeah, like I know. I, know. I don't care. Fun. I don't Let's care that the Cuppers are right? <laughs> burial burial. Like, I mean, Kawhi can be a free agent this summer. He has a player option this summer.
2: I guarantee you if they bow out. It, I mean, the idea of him coming back just makes no sense. Two stinkers in a row, you but know. But think and, about how
1: much that then like there's that, which not only buries the Clippers, but then, he, then Kawhi goes to another team. Kawhi's still a monster.
2: I mean, yeah. and he was a monster I, last if night. If I'm not mistaken, Paul George has the same option, doesn't he? No, no. Hope they lose See, both.
1: Paul George signed his four year extension. So oh. he's there
2: long term.
1: <laughs> so, That's the
2: worst case scenario then. Yeah. They really have to try to sign Kawhi because Paul they George has really the leader on your team. That's not mm-hmm. looking good.
1: Or you just like, if Kawhi goes elsewhere, then you probably just got to trade Paul George, too.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, again, that, yeah. Paul George, a, you know, it's
1: now gross. People who
2: are Clipper fans.
1: Maybe they can get Shagel this they, they, Alexander they def- back. They, def-
2: they defend. Uh, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> one. They defend Paul George. I mean, people. I have a. a Really cool. Oh, no, he's a good player. Really, I mean, they said he's had a really good year. Like, if you put Paul George like on the Warriors. Game. I don't like his game. I, it feels... Mm. Um, he, I don't. I think
1: you don't like his personality.
2: He used to be a multi-purpose benefit to a team. And I don't know what he takes away now. Every now and then he can lock down somebody. But mm-hmm. not, you know... He's at best the third best defender on the team, behind uh, uh, Kawhi and Pat Bev. And I
1: don't know. I, don't, I think he's second ahead yeah, of Bev, but yeah. whatever.
2: Like, okay, Pat Bev gets hurt too much to be sure. noticed for his defense, but he when he's on the court, the defense gets better. Now with the Clippers, that means you go from a one to a two. But yeah. um, anyway, Dallas. I believe for the series now may be over 50% from three on volume mm-hmm. on volume shooting. Cause they were like 42% or 47% game one. And I know they were over 50 last night.
1: Yeah. I got it. I got it right here. Um, yep. They're 50%. Exactly.
2: 50%. For three. Shooting. And how many shots? 70, 30, 35, 35 shots a game. They've made 35 threes.
1: Which, if you're a Clippers fan, you're going, well, you know, if that doesn't sustain, you know, maybe we, we can pick up this next But it next will year.
2: sustain because they're not <laughs> being guarded. Yeah, true, true.
1: No, I, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate and looking for the so other awful. Yeah. if
2: It is so awful. Bury them. If they don't get their defense in gear. I mean, there's so yeah. many things. And you watch a week from now. I'm used to this. You know, <laughs> the Clippers will win this series. Yeah. You know, but I will tell you spot. from what I've seen thus far, the Clippers disgust me. Yeah. I mean, they are a waste. They're a waste of two premium wings and they are a waste of no leadership there. They check out of games at weird times. They're not even equal to the sum of their parts, let alone greater than the sum of their parts. Uh and I'm embarrassed that I had to, to win this series thus far because it just it's not good basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. And you know, and and I've never been much of a Taiwan fan anyway. Might as well throw some <laughs> knives in that direction too. So,
1: um well, let's not talk about the basketball of Nets Celtics, but just I wanna
2: talk about the Nets.
1: I know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Okay how how has your view just from these two games where we've seen actually the big three together and how they fit with the other guys, how have these games and I guess the combination of how good the nets have looked in these two games with how kind of chaotic the whole rest of the playoff bracket is, how has that impacted your view on them as being a championship favorite or their championship odds?
2: I think this is an unfair test. I think the Celtics are decimated and um, mm-hmm. and and know in their bones they're going to get swept. Uh, yeah. And I also think one of the reasons they know that is because James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant have all been on teams where they were the one or two seed and they were going against the seven or an eight seed. And they looked at that team across the court from them and they said, "All right, let's make this quick." Right. And that's what they're doing. They are saying, "Look, let's not waste time here." And they have the added advantage of everybody, including me, saying they can't play defense. <laughs> let's play defense. Let's get after it. You know. Um, and so it's easy right now. They, it's always easy to pump yourself up against an inferior opponent. I would have felt better if they were doing what the Bucks. well, they have no opportunity to do it, which is why, you know, I say it's unfair. Um, the Bucks are, are beating a, a Heat team that at least on paper you say they're good. You know, they, they, right. they could really surprise you. Uh, I knew going in – I thought that the Nets-Celtics series was going to be the biggest blowout going in just because yeah, yeah. you don't have Jalen Brown Kemba but I'm look, saying you've look, seen look him now Kemba, Daniel you... Tice I will continue to carry a torch and not understand why that dude got <laughs> shut to the side. Um, Tatum now I mean and that was an interesting poke in the eye it wasn't totally um, uh, in, in, inadvertent but Very rarely do you see a guy get poked in the eye and it's just like 10 seconds later, go to his knees and go, that's it, man. You know, (laughs) I mean, probably looking for his eye somewhere down around his throat right now. And so that just made it even worse. But what I will say is the nets are locked in, in the ways you want them locked in. And what really impressed me the other night was um, the Celtics began to beat up Blake Griffin. Did you see that? Yeah. uh and he 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 got without a whistle and you know you know Blake Griffin is a guy who is always looking to the refs for hey did you get that he yeah. got hammered i think 3 times in a five possession sequence where no whistle was called and he did not act out and then about two plays after that Put in a left handed slam over two guys.
1: And then the next play put one in too. And I I
2: just thought to myself, he's locked in. He is locked in. And Harris is
1: locked in with 20 in the first quarter. I mean, Harris,
2: you expect, I mean, you know, you knew that as Harris is like the guy who um, is like the talisman. He's like the guy who, uh, if you want to make a great Sunday, you know, What goes on top, you know, (laughs) and, and the quality of what you put on top of the Sunday is Joe Harris's game. If Joe Harris, if the team is rolling, then Joe Harris is going to be phenomenal. If the team is in, in, in mud, then, uh, Joe Harris is a single cherry, you know?
1: So are they your favorites?
2: I'm coming out of the East.
1: No, 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 no. Championship.
2: No. Why not? Because
1: who? Okay, who? Who? Who are you taking?
2: I still take the Sixers coming out of the East, mm. and it remains to be seen. A lot of basketball to be played to see who comes out of the West. If the Lakers right themselves, that's an interesting, you know, uh, battle. You uh, think
1: the Sixers are going to beat the Nets in a series?
2: I do. Wow. I've I mean, I can't wait that. for it. Yeah, I've always thought that. I mean, yeah, Ben, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Are pretty good defenders you know and 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 yeah. well that's going to be the
1: question right is how can how is Brooklyn going to be able to defend and and how is Brooklyn going to be able to defend Giannis those are the questions they're going to have to answer in those next two rounds and to your point about Blake it's good to see that he has a pulse a real yes, pulse I and is, is an option there I I don't know you do know, dust off DeAndre Jordan Claxton's playing whatever like they are going to have to throw some body. Those are going to be the series where the Nets are just going to have to outscore the opponent.
2: And the other thing is, we haven't had this. That's why I said it's an unfair test or an incomplete test, maybe another mm-hmm. way to put it. When it comes down to crunch time touches, yeah, I'm still, I want to know whether or not there will be a fluid pecking order or not. All three of those guys have a lot to prove. I,
1: yeah, I just think you're, You're expecting the worst.
2: No, I'm expecting situations where... um,
1: I'm obviously not ruling what you're describing out. It's a social
2: media world. Mm -hmm. It is a brand world. You have three guys who have totally swum in these waters for most of their careers and have gotten excoriated just Think of how badly all of those guys have been standard and the idea of vengeance and all of a sudden somebody else is taking the vengeance sword in the heart, uh, moment, live or die. And they're going to have to slink off the floor. Uh, having someone else have missed the shot. I don't know. I think the other two guys who don't as
1: as a, as a 31 year old, Uh-huh. myself uh-huh i well, i'm in the
2: media spotlight but no no out. but i'm just as a as a person
1: <laughs> there's a lot you carry yourself a lot differently at 31 in your 30s than you do when you're 24 or 25 okay. years old yep. and and i think a Tell lot of Kyrie.
2: how old is he uh, he's probably
1: like 28 29 yeah. and then i think hard I, on 24
2: <laughs> i mean not yeah well that, he says a lot of cool things but he also says a lot of weird things you know I,
1: well i hate i don't i can't i don't understand how Kyrie talks but I will say for the two best players on that team the clear cut two best players on that team Kevin Durant and James Harden I think you're at a place where the primary motivation for those dudes is rings
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean I and think how do
2: they on- I agree with you but my comeback to that is in their heart of hearts what do they believe is the best way to get that ring
1: give me the ball yeah, no, you're right. I mean, maybe maybe we'll see that. I just think we know the guys that are going to get the ball. It's like Kyrie might be pissed about it. He's, but it's not going to be him. It's going to be it's going to be KD and, and, and I'm Harden. I'm not
2: totally sure of that because no. you've got. Let's say you put Thibault on Harden and Ben Simmons on KD.
1: Yeah, it's. I don't think you. Solve the mystery there. I, that's as no, good that's as you Ky- can get. No,
2: what I'm saying, though, is it's Kyrie with a ball.
1: Well, Harden brings it up the floor. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, there yeah. you, go. you go. No, I, I mean, it's going to be really interesting. It's just like, to me, I'm watching that game. And I, I granted, I understand Boston doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs, so it's whatever. But I'm watching that game, and, and the, the feeling I get of that dominance – you know trigger the same thoughts in my head as i had watching the dominant golden state warriors uh-huh. back back at that the, the kd right. years right. and and i think like you know vegas vegas had it going into that game plus 200 for the brooklyn to win the to win the chip and i'm at the point where i think it's i think it's about 50-50 like i don't know if i'd take the field over brooklyn right now i really don't mm. And, and and Vegas I, I clearly I sees see the field as the fiber. best bet.
2: I want to see a little more fiber in yeah. the opposition before I go there. Um, they do have the Bucks. If they if they wipe the Bucks in mm-hmm. four or five, I may come over to your side. Right. But yeah, I, no, I, and I would like
1: to take some see some more fiber too. I'm just saying, gun to my head. I think well, you're, I, I don't you're, know. You're
2: riding what you've always wrote. Listen, if 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 my expectations it has been good and it's gotten better—as much as your expectations have, I yeah. double down too.
1: <laughs> all in. Ah, uh, all right, Brett. Uh, this was fun. I'm, I'm glad we're going to be we doing. We've done this. all five. We've done all five. We've done all five. All right. We did talk about Boston and good. Well, we talked about Tatum's eyeball.
2: Um, you know, and, and Boston. Let's face it. You know, that's a. Uh, What's Your up boy, Jalen. Kimball, well, yeah. Well, Jalen, obviously, you know. All once right, Jalen went down, I whoa, whoa. Marcus Smart, though. I love that Debbie of threes, man. Marcus yeah. Smart wasn't giving up. He hit like four in a row, uh, didn't he? He uh, did. Man, he did. So much fun. You know, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's the know, man. Know, there, there's like, there's maybe 15 guys uh, in the NBA who, you know, have that kind of like the Finney Smiths and the Market Smarts and the guys who just really so much fun to have on your
1: team if you like secretly had a nba jersey in your closet that like you never wore in public but you like wore on the house right. i could see it being a marcus smart jersey for yeah you. That,
2: well i mean let's face that. it he just digs deep and Jalen brown i don't know Jalen <laughs> brown might get jealous
1: <laughs> uh well let's uh let's do this again in another week see how wrong we were or what where everything is kind of uh Right. Moved around. I, I think these playoffs are just going to be sweet. I mean, I'm. I thought last night. I wish the the Clippers game would have been after so the Lakers stupid. or something. Uh, How so stupid is NBA? Uh, I don't know. And
2: you know on what? NBA I, TV, I, it's got to have yeah. something to do with the TNT contract.
1: You know? Yeah. Well, and they got to do. They do got to jam in. I mean, it's
2: eight series.
1: Not. No, 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 no. They, They're eight series. I'm just yeah. saying. There's a lot of there are there are a lot of games, and yet that was stupid. And it was on NBA TV. Like, I mean. What we were talking about like the Clippers might have died. Kawhi last versus
2: night. Luka, yeah, I, know.
1: I while everybody's watching LeBron, it, it was insane. But, um, let's come back, let's we'll regroup in a week, we'll, we'll see where we're at, and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun playoffs. Thanks for doing it, Brett.
2: Hey, my pleasure.
1: All right, I will be back later this weekend. I'm gonna hit on the, uh, the other three series the Heat, Knicks, and then those two. 1-8 series and uh, that will be, that'll come out on Sunday night. Until then, he's Britt, I'm Dane. Peace
2: out. How I'm feeling,